0: Bodega, Bodega, Bodega Alpha and Omega <clears throat> Siamese sailors sell celery sandwiches Sawing wing a Sarveen platter hey, hey, Jamie
1: Yes uh, Did uh, Did you want to try reading that line on the script there?
0: Oh, yeah, let's see Uh, You could say big when you bundle your home and auto with progressive, that one? Yes Yeah, no, I'm just not warmed up yet Shouldn't be long Detector test. Bundle levels. your home and auto with Progressive today. The marmet mangled by Mushu pork pancake. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates.
1: Hello, guys. Welcome. It's time for this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula One podcast, and we're back just before Christmas. Merry Christmas! Christmas.
0: (laughs) In this week's episode, we are going to talk about what fans would like to see in Formula 1 in 2018. So, 2017 was Liberty Media's first ever Formula 1 season. Uh, What is it that we would like to see from their second ever Formula 1 season?
1: my God, Kunal, you've already gotten started. You know, guys, when you give Kunal a topic like this, he just never stops talking. But I'll do my best to make sure he does so that this podcast actually ends sometime. (laughs) And like before, we also have Nicola joining us on this episode. It's very interesting. So please stay tuned right till the end. Hello
2: and welcome to where we discuss all things Formula One and motorsport. Uh, joining us today, uh, Mithla Mehta and Kunal Shah are Formula 1 experts all the way from Norway. Hi guys, very good to see you. Hey. So of course, it's the Formula 1 uh, off-season and we have uh, uh, racers on holiday uh, catching up on TV shows, going to exotic places. But uh, we are just here to discuss more about the sport and what the sport can do and what we are looking forward to in 2018 season. Uh, we did a season wrap last week and so if you missed out on that... Uh, do go to the Facebook page and check it out today We look forward to the coming season and we talk about things that we want to see You know, we, we talked about what we've seen so far. So let's just take a look into the future uh, Kunal obviously as we discussed this was the first full season under Liberty Media and uh, We touched upon a bunch of things that they could maybe improve But before we get into you know specifics of what they should try and do this year uh, What do you think they've gone right? in
0: their first year? I think what they've specifically gotten right in their first year is the marketing part of Formula One. The social media updates that we've been seeing, the social media engagement, sharing of content, etc. is actually really good. And uh, that's, that's worked really well. And like we spoke in the last episode, that this is the easier part of the product to fix. Okay. So uh, not just the Formula One social media handles, but the fact that Liberty Media relaxed the rules for teams to use uh, social media handles uh, in a far more engaging manner is also is also been one of those things that I would say are the highlights of the marketing uh, steps that Liberty Media has taken towards, uh, you know, making Formula One more fan friendly.
2: Uh, okay, so that's obviously things that they've sort of done, right? Uh, Mithila, maybe if you were to just t- touch upon, obviously, you their, you know, first season in charge, completely in charge. But uh, was it something that maybe you were a little disappointed by or maybe you expected to see and uh, did not in the past season?
1: I think it's just too early to pass pass judgment uh, on Mm -hmm. what they're doing. But honestly, what I could tell from this season, their first full season in the driver's seat, they're making all the right noises. So, you know, they're saying all the right things when it comes to, you know, having a more equal playing field. Uh, in terms of distributing the uh, the prize money, kitty, uh, in terms of DRS, a lot of other topics as well. Uh, what I am now wondering is how much of this intention, which seems to be in the right place, is actually going to convert into action. And, you know, because um, Formula One is a complicated affair. So, you know, whether their intention is going to be supported by the rest of the fraternity as well to turn into action. Yeah.
2: Uh, we have a lot of uh, people just coming in and putting their comments uh, Hi Mahesh, Hi uh, Amit uh, I hope you're watching and I hope you enjoy our show uh, the question that we're asking today is what would you want to see in 2018 so in case you guys have any suggestions, ideas or you know just things that you want to see just put it in the comments and we'll take it up uh, Kunal I'll throw it to you first you know, <laughs> uh, first of foremost, because we talked about circuits so much this year we talked about how different they are, how you know Sometimes that's great. Sometimes that doesn't play out so well. Uh, If there was one thing that you would like to see change in terms of the circuits uh, that maybe Liberty Media could somehow do uh, in the 2018 season, what would that be?
0: I think I definitely want to see, uh, you know, a large part of the circuit marketing money that people usually spend. A certain percentage of that could go into making sure that circuits... Uh, become more overtaking friendly, and by overtaking, I don't really mean the you know the the DRS switch that you flick and you go past. What I mean is I want to see close to close wheel to wheel action between the mini cars. least to start with two cars, if nothing, okay. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure that circuits can make certain modifications to make sure that they get the cars to race, uh, you know, closer to each other. And of course, then we can look at what the cars need to do so that they're able to race close to each other. But I would certainly say that modifications to make sure that they they enable more close circuit racing. And, you know, I'll give the example of Abu Dhabi. They spend so much money on fireworks and illumination and it's a dusk racing Grand Prix and they've got a tunnel and all of that looks really sexy on camera. Okay. But what doesn't look sexy on camera is when a Mercedes or a Ferrari or a Red Bull keeps a one, one and a half second gap between the cars just yeah. because 30 air of the car ahead is unable to let the car behind come close enough. So, a certain part of that marketing money, that money that, you know, the organizers uh, spend to make circuit look so good. Yeah. They should you know that, spend parts of that on making sure that racing also looks good at their circuit.
2: Yeah. And, uh, obviously, on the show, we've had uh, plenty of questions of is… Uh, india returning to, to the calendar you know we always get that question or comment from our fan saying will we ever see the bic being used again for f1 but if you had one uh new uh, city or circuit that you could pick which you feel should be there on the calendar because we are obviously see france make a return uh but you're also uh, saying goodbye <laughs> to our really favorite sur- circuit of ours as well it's like if you had like a wish list maybe just some circuit of course, as Indian fans, we want to see Formula 1 return to India. But that seems a little bit of a stretch at the moment. But just in case in terms of South Circuit, that, that, that there's something that excites you.
1: Kunal will take that because he has a long <laughs> wish list.
2: <laughs> so
0: I, I would say we would definitely, we should have the Indian Grand Prix back. Yeah. That would be an option thing. Although I don't think India is ready for uh, Formula 1 uh, yet. I would also yeah. like Malaysia go. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just gone off the calendar, but I'd love to see them back uh, on on the on the calendar as well. And then even uh, you know, there's been talk of uh, Grand Prix in Las Vegas and in London, and more streets, uh, street specific races to happen. And I'm sure Liberty Media is going to be exploring all they can because you know, uh, to quote them, they said there are at least forty to forty five. Uh, uh, organizers who expressed interest in hosting, um, you know, a Formula One Grand Prix in the near future.
2: Yeah, and uh, I'm sure they want this sport to of spread and go to new areas, you know, where more fans can access it. Uh, but let's see, like, let's see how 2080 pans out, especially with the two... And, and I, would,
0: I would focus on quality over quantity because mm-hmm. if you have even a 16 or an 18 race calendar, okay, and this is not to say that I'm for lesser races in the season, but if you had a if you had a calendar which allowed for more uh close competition yeah. okay like we had in the first half of 2017 then suddenly the number of races don't really matter it's the quality that each race is going to deliver that takes more precedence at least for me
2: so do you think maybe uh it's possible to just sort of uh, i don't know reject the current circuits to make them more competitive in terms of the overtaking that we see because some of them are really narrow circuits, especially the street circuits, you know, right. where, where as as a result, the cars are just limited in terms of what they can pull off. Uh, but I don't know. I, I don't know how that gets fixed, you know, like we, Baku was a really exciting race this year, exactly. but, <laughs> but I mean, I don't know how often uh, we can expect that kind of result with the current circuit you know
0: the good part is that liberty media has already said or rather they in fact said this after we said it in the last episode so who knows if they're listening but they already said that they are going to be looking at tweaking circuits for the future seasons and that's actually a step in the right direction
2: yeah okay uh mitla we know the uh halo cockpit is one of the new additions we're seeing in the cars for 2018 But uh, do you think any modifications for the cars that could maybe just make the sport a little more exciting or maybe uh, bring in more fans
1: or just help out the drivers? Uh, What Um, changes would you support for the cars? We've honestly spoken a lot about the halo and I think ultimately now that that matter is uh, out of our hands and it's a question of safety and we're always all for safety um, I think apart from how the cars look, the other aspects that we've talked a lot about is how the cars sound. And yeah. there's been a lot of discontent from the fans um, you know, that the cars just don't sound ferocious enough. And in fact, this was something that the Groffrey Drivers Association has been continuously recommending as well, that the cars need to sound like Formula One cars. And I know that the FIA is working to address it, so, you know, the entire package of the car and not just the vision aspect. Uh, I just wanted to add on to what you guys were saying about the circuits as well. So while it's um, really important to kind of look at new circuits or just to uh, enhance the existing circuits, uh, there's also uh, circuits like, for example, Singapore. Uh, yeah. Singapore has not renewed its contract beyond 2020 because they're waiting to see what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, 2020 is when the teams renew their commitment to the sport, uh, and Singapore is a really important race simply because it literally exemplifies what Liberty Media wants to do with Formula One. You know the mm-hmm. entire spectacle around the racing. So uh, Liberty Media is going to have to work hard to make sure that these very iconic and important races also remain committed to this sport in the time to come. Yeah. Uh,
2: Kunal, uh, we saw a few tweaks and changes for the cars this year. Uh, do you think maybe they helped uh, the season? Do you think they helped the drivers uh, with whatever changes we had in, you know, the breadth of the cars, the tires, like the wings, the tiny changes that we did see? you think uh, those are positive or they helped out in any way?
0: See, they were certainly positive because, you know, we've been reading about or rather we through the season, we read about how pretty much at every Grand Prix circuit, the previous lap records were being matched or being broken and how everyone yeah. was proud of how cars, how, how quick the 2017 cars have been. So, the beauty of Formula 1 is that when you put a single car on the circuit and it follows the line and breaks at the right places and apexes at the right, uh, you know, angles, uh, it is really quick uh, sport and, you know, the, the clock never lies about it. But the sort of ugly part is when you put two cars uh, together trying to do the same thing. And that's when, uh, you know, what we spoke about earlier in the show, that cars are unable to go closer to each other. And, you know, examples yeah. like Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen are the types who are, are unable to perform as many overtaking maneuvers as they would like to, then you know that there is something, something wrong in how the cars are. So one of the things that I'm sure that Liberty Media is going to definitely look into is the whole aerodynamic aspect of mm-hmm. current racing cars. So the cars are extremely aero heavy, which is also part of the reason why they're able to achieve such high speeds. Okay. But at some point, there will be a, a trade-off and a balance that will happen, which allows the cars to be as quick, but at the same time, allow them to race closer to each other. Because,
2: uh, you know, the cars will look different, but uh, talking about just how they sound, you know, the maybe the engines, uh that's, that's that's one of the bigger issues, I feel, you know, uh, we're okay with how they look, we look okay with uh, how they race as well. But is yeah. there something that they can tweak with the engines,
0: maybe? I mean, honestly, if it was up to the fans and if it was up to me, I'd say dump the hybrid turbo engines. Yeah. Okay, there are the V-trends and the V-12s that we've raced in the past. And there are lots of engines, good, really good engines and engines that are powerful. Engines uh, uh, that might not be as economical, I would admit that. But engines that uh, emit the right sounds as well which you know uh, which would which are frighteningly loud if i may call them that but that's not going to happen you know like the halo these hybrid turbo engines are something that we're going to inherit or we've already inherited in the from the past uh, seasons and um, the engine politics unfortunately is is what has spoiled the sport and you know uh, the, the The balance of the politics is more in favor of the power unit manufacturers, which is Ferrari and Mercedes pretty much. And in my view, they are able to control the competitive portion of the grid. So one of the reasons why you may never see a Force India win race is because they are a customer to Mercedes engines. Okay. And uh, as, as stupid as it may sound that Mercedes can or may control the pace of the Force India car, there is a possibility for them to do that. And... This is also why Ron Dennis did not want to remain with Mercedes when he split way back in 2014. But uh, you know, like I said, the engines are going to are here to stay. Uh, it yes. would help to simplify the engines further. There is excessive talk on the NGUK and the NGUH, and what we are expecting here is that we are trying to co-create the whole engine dynamics and the, the beauty of a hybrid engine with fans. And yeah. I feel that fans are just excited about B2B racing. They want to see Vettel versus Verstappen versus Hamilton. Yeah. They want to see a Ferrari versus Red Bull versus a Mercedes. They don't really care what engines, uh, you know, are being powering these drivers. And they don't really care what engines eventually go in their car and if it's come from a Formula One car. Mm-hmm. That's,
2: that's quite an interesting. I, I don't know how much of it fans think about as much because, uh, like you said, for fans, it's... I think they're more invested in maybe the driver or the constructor, you know, and uh, they don't really maybe know about the nitty-gritties about how the car actually races. uh But do you think maybe there's just there's a disparity, as you said, in terms of engines, but also in the money that the, the way the sport functions, what uh, they pay, what they get for where they finish, and things like that. You know, we've spoken about this a little bit before. We've spoken about how maybe say a force India or you know maybe at a disadvantage. As compared to, say, a Ferrari or Mercedes, but do you think there's a fairer way of
1: distributing the money among the sport? Obviously, there's a there's a big <laughs> uh, there's a big disparity, and I think all of us know that. Uh, the bigger teams like Ferrari and uh, Mercedes and McLaren, in fact, they get paid just on the grid, irrespective of how well they do or how well they don't do. Um, they have a lot of historical bonuses which come into play, and obviously they they get paid for being iconic teams linked to the sport, which in some way could be seen as well. But we've seen that you know midfield team and uh, talent teams of Formula have been struggling to survive, and you know they're they're constantly battling bankruptcy and hoping that they get you know taken over by a more stable team. I think Force India has been one of those two exceptions that has done well. Five on a, a shoestring budget. Yeah, but um, ultimately, uh, Kunal keeps saying that you know the faster you go is a function of how much money you're investing into the car, and if the bigger teams like Mercedes and Ferrari are anyway just getting so much money from the FIA, it's going to be impossible for the midfield teams to keep up, them. um The FIA, the Liberty Media Group, they have made you know certain statements that they're looking to kind of get some sort of equality into place in terms of how money is distributed. But at the same time, that's only going to be met by a very strong backlash. Ferrari is already saying that, you know, they could think of leaving the sport if things don't quite uh, go the way they want it to. So it's a very narrow line. And, you know, one more point, bigger teams like Ferrari and Mercedes are anyway getting more money through sponsorships. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's not just that they're getting from the... uh, uh, you know the sport. They're getting from the sponsors as well. So the the gap is only widening between the haves and the have nots.
2: Yeah. Is there maybe a more democratic process of you know doing this? Would Would you change the structure? Is without you know making some uh, really uh, unrealistic over overhaul in the current way the sport works? Is there Is there just something that they could do? With maybe one tweak, or maybe change a rule, or I don't know. Like I I honestly don't know how they could make it more fair.
0: I I have a suggestion actually. And, you know, uh, see, I would agree that Ferrari, Mercedes, Red Bull are all teams that add to the iconic status of Formula One. Okay. And uh, by virtue of being, you know, former world champions, by virtue of being the oldest team on the grid, by virtue of all the tags that these brands come with, they do deserve some sort of a priority payment. They do deserve some sort of a bonus because, uh, you know, of the legacies that they bring along with to Formula One. But are those legacies to run into 50s and hundreds of millions of dollars? I don't really think so. Because, you know, while Formula One is not a two-tier sport officially, by virtue of how the payments are disbursed, we pretty much become a two-tiered sport. It's is that the second tier is racing on equal power on the circuit, but not getting the same benefits and opportunities off the circuit. Okay. So, there is a definite way to try and uh, make sure that there is a higher parity between how payments are made, okay? And I do not mean that there should be equal payments that should go because it would be ridiculous if Sauber, who were last on the grid with five points, get the same amount of money uh, overall as Mercedes, who were, I think, 200 times the points or something, 100 times the points, okay? But, the, the connection to the kind of money that teams are going to be earning are also related to the kind of money that the teams are spending,
2: okay? Yeah.
0: All of this is like a vicious circle. You know, if we yeah. were to get the right formula in place for Formula 1, which does not cost a lot of money for everyone, then automatically, if you were to reduce the earnings of the teams comparatively, okay, yeah. and give them more opportunities to build their brand and build their images rather than just build an engineering challenge, okay, mm-hmm. Then Formula One will be a far better sport and a business to be a part of, yeah. because you know the kind of urgency and the kind of rush that we've seen uh, teams wanting to join Formula E, we've not really seen that with teams wanting to join Formula One. It's almost always a cautious approach. We we'll see what direction the sport is taking. Oh no, it's too expensive for us, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And the world's uh, largest and most global automobile corporations are, are you know, are are unable to justify their investments and expenses in Formula 1.
2: Yeah. I
0: don't know how many Vijay Malyas out there are going to be putting their money on the, on the sport and how often they're going to do that. So, certainly trying, trying to fix this whole circle of life that Formula 1 uh, you know, is stuck in is going to be a crucial one. And yes. here's the unfortunate part. So, in Formula 1, you end up pleasing fans, you end up pleasing sponsors. But here is also a sport where you have to keep pleasing the participating teams because they're constantly out there with threats about them wanting to leave the sport if the sport doesn't deliver. Why they are actually participating in
2: the sport? Yeah, it's sort of almost a, it's a shame because if a fight threatens to pull out, there is not much that you know uh, the sport would not be willing to do. You know they would want to uh, keep keep them, especially given their legacy. But uh, liberty media if they actually maybe just looked at a couple of other uh, leagues or you know other sports and how they function you know the premier league obviously has a very uh uh like equals strict from the broadcast money that they get which sort of enables smaller clubs to spend just as much as a big club gets obviously they have different sponsors but that's one way it works the nba has caps on how much they can spend per team so you know that like that that's uh, maybe examples of different models that Liberty Media could look at especially in American sport because uh, They just they have so many different uh, Structures that they follow and seem to thrive with that. So right. Hopefully in the near future sometime we will I'm so
0: glad you, you mentioned American sport because you know There's this whole statement that we don't want Formula One go, to go the NASCAR way and yeah. we, we want it To be a five-star Michelin restaurant and not a fast-food arena, etc. Honestly, if it are up to me, I just want wheel-to-wheel battles. I'll be happy to see any team win. You know, like from the 90s, we still talk of how Jordan managed to win a race and how Sabah used to get onto the podiums. But now, what's happened is the the political balance that's there has made sure that the midfield teams are unable to celebrate such uh, occasional uh, spikes in performances. You know, like the benchmark is a double points finish, but how exciting is yeah. a double point finish if you get it sixteen times a season? Yeah. You know, like India did. So it would be it would be awesome if we were to try and go. Uh, I wouldn't say the NASCAR way, but a way in which every team is treated equally and has an equal opportunity yeah. to try and score really good results and and race wins if they they work hard for it, because that sort of uncertainty is also why. Formula One will end up attracting more drivers. I mean, you know, I I love the fact that the last episode, we all spoke of who's going to be the world champion. And there was a whole prediction that we played out. But it was unfortunate that we all put Lewis Hamilton on top of the pile because we knew he was going to win. And, you know, when we do this for 2018... I'm pretty sure everyone's going to be seeing, uh, you know, Lewis Hamilton on top of their prediction pile as well. So, a lot of thinking for Liberty Media to do. And, uh, you know, if along the way a couple of brands fall off uh, the ship and they decide to bail out, I think that's okay as long as it secures the long-term future of Formula One.
2: Yeah. Mitla, uh, what do you think it would, just, it would take for a team like, say, Force India, who uh, we've seen do so well and for them to maybe compete for the
1: title? I think a lot of forces need to really align to make Force India a title contender. Um, You know, starting with the fact that, um, you know, if Liberty Media actually introduces a cost cap, like they've been discussing, that would be a big, big, big advantage to the smaller teams who only have that much money to spend. And of course, the factor of if they are able to slightly tweak the way payments are being distributed, again, that would be in a team like Force India's favor. Uh, of course, we've been discussing how a customer team like Force India is always going to be on the back foot. Yeah. And um, we saw a really ugly side of that this year as well because uh, Toro Rosso and Reno were, uh, you know, at loggerheads about whether Toro Rosso had received a fair treatment.
2: Yeah, I, mean,
1: I think uh, it's going to be difficult for Force India. Uh, to back it immediately, given that there are so many factors. Um, for example, how are they ever going to uh, fight on track with Mercedes being a customer team of Mercedes? So a lot of dynamics, a lot of ifs and buts, uh, yeah. but but we stay ever hopeful and uh, you know, if Liberty Media does stick to its guns and do a lot of these things, of India could be uh, fighting for podiums more often, if nothing else. Yeah. Movie. That would be fun to see, I think, you know. Yeah. And, because- you know,
0: in my view, Force India is already world champions for the number of points scored for number of pounds spent. So, yeah. they've been the most economical team when it comes to the kind of money they've added. Imagine if each of the teams were told this is the same amount of money everyone is getting. And yeah. then you make sure, you know, the difference between the haves and the have-nots needs to become far lesser than we've seen before in Formula 1.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I think uh, also if the monopoly that, you know, the legacy teams sort of have, you know, that does uh, maybe uh, dwindle down a little bit, I think it just makes the sport more more exciting. Uh, I think any sport is great. Uh, but let's see, let's see how much of that power happens or in 2018 or in the next few years. And of course, uh, something that we talk about so often on our show, as well as uh, fans and uh, experts everywhere talk about it, is the tyres. Uh, what tires? Are, who's driving? What tires? What tires are suited for what conditions? For what surface? And we will have one more uh, subcategory to that in 2018. Uh, Kunal, I'll I'll ask this to you. Uh, tire changes, if any, that you'd want to see.
0: Frankly, I'm happy with what Pirelli have put out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the current season, uh, I'm not the happiest that there's an extra compound for us to memorize. Uh, for next year, and uh, what I would honestly hope for is I don't call, I don't care what they call the tires. I just want to make sure that the parity between two different tire compounds is slightly more. So if a yes. team uses a softer compound as opposed to somebody else using a super soft compound, the the battle and the way strategy needs to play out on track the tire should actually feed into that so currently we've seen that the parity has not been all that great, you know all that great or high if i may call it that way so yeah. by, by making sure that there is a difference in the two tire compounds will definitely make for more exciting racing on track
2: yeah and uh, before we just close out, you know because this has been sort of a, what would we want to see in 2018 but uh, if i if i would just if you had a wish list of things just one thing that uh, you hope as unrealistic or as realistic it could be. One change that you definitely want to see. Uh, what would that be?
0: Definitely not the logo. Because I think they've got a good
2: logo. <laughs> it
0: definitely be none of the drivers. Uh, because I think we've, we've got a really fantastic driver lineup uh, in 2018. Uh, but still, uh, since I'm on the driver front, I would definitely not want uh, Marcus Ericsson in the Sauber. I think there are more deserving drivers out there. But I also know that uh, so Marcus Eriksson is going to shoot his own foot, and we'll see Antonio Giovinazzi in the car somewhere in the middle of the season. But I would like to see Robert Kubica in the car. So that's one change. Uh, you know, we've been reading that Sergius Rotkin might be getting, yeah. uh, you know, the seat because he's bringing about fifteen million dollars or whatever. But I'd love to see Marcus Eriksson out and Robert Kubica in. Yeah, Mithila, one change.
2: Um,
1: yeah so i think the one thing that is really important for me for the year ahead is just a more united paddock a lot of these changes that we're discussing are all contingent upon the the, the teams and the drivers and everyone else coming together and i know that as things stand there is a lot of concern and anxiety in the paddock i guess it's just the fact that whenever there's change there's always people being really concerned Uh, This was the first year, I think, that the uh, the earnings that the teams received actually dropped from the FI. I think it dropped by 20 percent. And, you know, that's that's not good news for anyone concerned. Uh, I was also reading that this is the first year that all the drivers have actually opted to join the Drivers Association, including people like Lewis Hamilton and Kimi Raikkonen who never thought it was important before simply because they're so anxious about what Liberty Media could bring and how it could impact all of their lives. So it just seems like everyone is really scared. Um, Sergio Marchioni has been saying that, uh, you know, if uh, Liberty Media plans to convert this into a spectacle, uh, Ferrari, you know, wants to respect the noble side of racing and we could well leave. So a lot of different intentions, just a lot of um, chaos. And yeah. that's not good news for any of us. So ultimately, I just think that everyone is able to sort out the differences and work together for a better sport, which yeah. is, is what all of us want. Yeah, I would love to see a
2: first-time winner in twenty eighteen. That would be great if we <laughs> get
1: Esteban Ocon.
0: I really hope it's Esteban Ocon. That would be <laughs>
2: brilliant yeah. too. But, but I, I, have,
0: I have one more thing to to add because uh, you know what we've been seeing in Formula One, and one of the reasons why we are where we are in this whole political mess is because Formula 1 is one of those rare sports in the world where the participants are involved in making the rules, okay? And one of the rules that we hotly debated is the use of three engines next year and, you know, Renault, uh, Red Bull's not okay with it, but the other Ferrari, Mercedes are okay with it, etc. Uh, one thing I definitely want the sport to change in time to come, and this is going to be a really tough one, is to have the FIA and the FOM make the rules and not have this influence from participating teams involved in the rulemaking process because we've often seen that when the rules don't go the way they want, we end up with quick threats. And then suddenly everyone wonders how Formula One is gonna be without Ferrari or Red Bull or whichever team has issued the threat. And yeah. I really hope that's a change that Liberty Media is able to enable as well. And this is probably gonna be the toughest to make.
2: Well, so there you go, Liberty Media FIA or in, anyone out there if you guys are listening. I think we've made a very long list of uh, suggestions, ideas, uh, changes that we'd like to see that maybe could help make the sport a little bit better and get more fans interested in it. Uh, thank you, Kunal. Thank you, Mithila. As usual, it's been lovely talking to you. Uh, thank you so much for watching. It's the off-season, but we'll keep you tuned. we'll keep you updated with all everything that's happening in the sport and around it. Uh, stay tuned for more updates. Do check out firstpost.com and uh, we'll see you on the next live.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in. And here's wishing all of you, our listeners and your family and friends, a very Merry Christmas. Wow, that rhymed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And in the new year, we will be back with our favorite and most awaited inside line F1 podcast award so remember to subscribe to us on iTunes and on audio boom for your weekly dose of Formula One humor Now go ahead and enjoy the festive celebrations thank you for your support all year long and we will see you in the new in the new year mm. and we will see you in the new year.